G'day, everybody. It's time for the Sam and Redders NDCA podcast. And fresh off Liverpool's win in the Carabao Cup last night over Chelsea 1-0. Welcome, Sam Holly. Yeah, lovely to be here, Redders. Good to see the under-18s get a win. Good to see um, our failed signing. Caicedo go around kicking people for 120 minutes and not get a single card. Um, yeah. Mm. No, we're here to talk cricket. I'm not going to go into the uh, pitfalls of English refereeing, but I was... <laughs> If, if my missus wasn't asleep next to me, there would have been some screaming and yelling, that's for sure. English rugby league referees got a bit to answer for as well, but we won't go there. Okay, we're going to talk quite a few things. We're going to talk in order the Armstrong Cup that was played yesterday at number one, then NDCA, and then the Summer Bash. Lots to talk about. So, um, Sammy, Newcastle played ACT. This is the third running of the Armstrong Cup. The previous two have been the magnificent Monica Oval. This game was played at number one sports ground yesterday, and after Saturday, which was bleak and misty, Misty rain all day. Yesterday was a gorgeous day. It started off a bit cloudy, but then it became a lovely afternoon. ACT batted first. Nick Foster sent them in, and I'll talk about the pitch in a minute. ACT nine for 234. No one made more than Dave Juby's 42. He made 100 against us in the country champs um, in a T20 at uh, at Passmore. Stack of 40s and 30s. Zach Maron, 40. Jake Smith, 30, was quite impressive. And the last two, Fawns and Gillespie. Blake Fawns, 17 knot. Guy Gillespie, 19 knot. Got them the nine for 234. Best of the bowlers, Dan Williams, three for 47, and Adrian Isherwood, three for 42. And Bales came in two for 37 off 10. Sam, I the wicket was really interesting. I was speaking to Mitch King today, and he said that the wicket that was played on on the Saturday, we'll come back to that game in a minute, was a belt-up. Well, yesterday's pitch had this real um, good cover of grass, and I think you you and Josh Geary would have loved bowling on it. When Daniel Williams went and bowled at the Southern or Union Street end of um, number one, the ball seemed significantly. And there were lots of blokes cut in half by off-cutters. It really did. And I remember watching a couple of grand finals where Mark Cameron and Sam Webber bowled uh, on pitches like that at number one where it jagged. And Sam Webber's specialty was an off-cutter. But it seemed all day yesterday, particularly for when Dan bowled at the southern end. He he moved it, so did Dan Bailey. And it was really interesting, uh, Sammy, that the pitch had a lot of grass. It was mown again and rolled on Sunday morning. But you had the grass cover. Uh, any seam bowler worth their chops. And you've told us on air before that you don't swing the ball much, but you move the ball off the deck. Um, it was a real seamless pitch. And Daniel Williams in particular looked quite dangerous. Yeah, right. I'm just looking through the bowling figures and it, it seemed that every bowler kind of went at four and over or five and over. Like there wasn't exactly a, uh, you know, it's, oh, when when you described the wicket, I would have expected to look at the bowls and see someone have gone, you know, for not not many runs potentially. I mean, maybe... Maybe this is just the quality of the batting. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. And maybe the quality of the outfield as well and the facilities. But, um, yeah, was there a particular reason what they just bat well? or was it- I thought they batted sensibly without – Dave Juby started off slowly and he ended up with 42 or 41 with 6 and 1. He went after him a bit, started tonking him a bit. But everybody else was – measured in the way they played. If you look at the strike rates, no one other than Juby batted over 100. And that's the 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 other other thing about it, Sam, is that Newcastle used five bowlers, left arm orthodox Adrian Ishwood and Cal Fowler on debut, and they both got lots of grip and bounce. A couple of balls from Cal Fowler, who's really bowling a heavy ball at the moment, bounced over Ben Balkum's head at keeper. That's how much they gripped and turned. 
and um, Nick Foster, who decided not to bowl yesterday, um, he would have been very difficult on a pitch because he bowls with so much overspin. But, but I thought Fowler was very impressive on debut. None for 41 off 10, very tidy. And if he made a mistake, Sam, he bowled full and he had sweepers at long on and long off. So he hardly bowled a short ball. And I think he bowled beautifully to his field and he fielded well. And he, he actually looked like he belonged in Newcastle colours, to be quite honest. I thought it was a very impressive debut for him. And we all know how good Adrian Ishort is, despite the fact he'll tell you. Oh, I mean, I think you'll agree with me. Cal Fowler has been one of the better spinners in the comp, at least this season. I, I can't Last remember. two or three years. Okay. The last two or three years, Lewis Hextall and Cal Fowler have bowled the vast majority of the overs for Newcastle City. Now, Lu- Lu- the Hexy's moved on, but they have bowled and bowled and bowled. He's got a big ticker. He had plans in place. He bowled very full. When he gripped them and really tried to turn it, gee, Sam, it gripped. The pitch had that much grass on it, that, and that it was a lovely even matting, that it really gripped and bounced. So I've never seen number one do that in all of my time watching cricket there, ever. That's how much it was turning and gripping. Well, you know the saying, if it seems, it spins. Um, yes, so the wicket next to it, it was nothing like it. Oh, Matt Kingy was telling me that they only got 15 or 20 minutes play in that second grade game, but Mick said it was a belter. And it looked like a much, the grass was, because it was only 24 hours old, as you can imagine, but it was a much lower, it was much less grass on it, much bearer. This pitch had a lot of grass. I'm not being critical at all. It was, as you can see with the scores, it was a pretty good wicket. The outfield in places was a little bit slow from all the rain. It wasn't its usual lightning, lightning self. There are a few balls that were hit in the air that went like um, Sam Holding playing Sam Holding's nine iron at Merriweather or Charlestown. But um, it was a very interesting wicket. And I think the scores indicate that the wicket was a, quite a fair track. You know, it, it wasn't an app, it was by no means an absolute flat 300 run belter. No way. And I thought ACT did very well. Like they're, they're, the last pair put on uh, 35 and got them through to 50 overs. As I said, Isherwood Fowler. Williams and Bailey all bowled well. Bales is so consistent. And um, Sam Holding, he has a couple of different slow balls. And when he took pace off the ball, the ball was gripping and seeming even with his slow balls. Okay, awesome. And and is this ACT team, is this a similar team that played in the country championships? Almost identical. Most of the names are very familiar. Their top-level second 11 players, they elected not to play them, which is commensurate with the country champs. Uh, Mark Solway, who came into this side, has just been playing cricket in Adelaide for a few years, came back. He had, he didn't play the country champs and he didn't play second 11 this year. So he's another terrific, very good cricketer. But yes, this is the nucleus of the side. Guy Gillespie, who made 19 not out and took a couple of wickets, which we'll go through in a minute, made the Australian countryside. He got a baggy green this year. He's the leading seam bowler in the tournament. So okay. big, tall, big, tall fella. Newcastle in reply. Uh, Joe Molina, unfortunately, got a first rocker. Daniel Arms, who's listed as the fill-in on the scorecard there, backed up slightly too far. Logan Weston drove back and touched the bowler's hand, run out. But then Logan Weston and Logan Weston and Josh Clary, so they came together at two for 82. And Logan Weston, 111 off 157. And Josh Clary, who's a very interesting batsman, and I'll talk about that in a minute, 57 off 75. Isherwood came in and hit a, uh, hit a couple quickly. And Ben Balkum hit the winning runs off the first ball of the last over. Logan Weston, Sam, was 38 off 85 and had paced himself. It was a difficult pitch early on, a seeming still. And then he just took off uh, and just took off hit at two sixes, seven fours, and then decided this, I'm, I'm building up the gears. And Josh Claridge is a really interesting, he must be interesting to bowl to. The reason is 
he doesn't try to hit that many boundaries. An enormous amount of that. Look, he's got two boundaries. So if you think of that, I think there were two threes in his 57, two fours, and there was a whole picket fence in there, just single after single. But he does he eventually got hitting the sweepers regularly at point and at long on. But he's an interesting bat because he doesn't actually take the boundary on very much, and it's he, he's interesting to bowl to. I have bowled a lot to Clay. Yes, that's why I wanted to bring you in on this. I uh, there's one particular spot you can't bowl to him, and that's short. He, Correct. He sweats. He sweats on the short ball, and he's also quite good sweeping to spinners. So if you don't have anyone on the sweep, he he can be quite dangerous there. But I know for a fact you don't bowl short to Josh Claridge. Um, but he's uh, look. I played a, a year of Colts cricket with him, and I remember he scored a hundred against Western. I think it was At Western. Riverside. Riverside number one. Yeah, that's it. And that was, I remember watching that and I, my brother watched it as well. And we both said that that's one of the better hundreds we've seen in terms of intelligence running between the wickets. You know, you see a lot of batsmen who are, you know, have all the power, all the timing and all the shots, but it's those ones being able to get off strike and bat time that are, you know, really, um, you know, things that, you know, make go, go from, you know, good to great. They're the, they're the kind of things that you see a lot of the, you know, the, the Simon Moores, the um, Mark Littlewoods, those type of bats are the ones that can do that and build an innings. Um, Which Logan Weston did in his second century this season for Newcastle. It was yeah, superb. That, 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 that sort of thing. And I think that's it. That's his strength, you know. Um, and to be honest, he didn't really need to do anything more than that, did he? Um, no, he didn't. He actually paced. He did his job and he hit. A, when Weston put the foot down, Sarage, and I was I was on commentary yesterday on the scorebook and commentating. He, I said, he's just all he's going to do is give the strike to Weston. That's exactly what he did. When Logan put the foot down, he really went hard, and um, Sarage just kept on hitting the sweeper. They had both teams, interestingly, had two men behind point, inside the ring, almost all innings. It was fascinating, and that's one of Claridge's strong shots. He's down laying off through there. But he did eventually hit that cover point sweeper with regularity. Logan Weston certainly did. And um, one of the sixes must have almost ended up in the canal and ended up going over the cu curator's hut. He hit a monster. And it was just a superb hitting some Logan, um, who loves betting at number one. He's got a 90, 100 for Stockton, and now 100 for Newcastle there. He just loves batting there. Guy Gillespie was by far the best of the bowlers, three for 25 off eight. And no one else actually, oh, Blake Fawns took a wicket bowling his leggies. But Gillespie was terrific. Changes of pace and um, it ended up skiddling both. But uh, uh, all three wickets, he bowled them. Uh, Nick Walker, Joe Molino and Joe, um, Logan Weston. But Weston and Claridge's partnership of 121 was terrific to watch. Okay, cool. No, sounds like a good, great day. It was a great day. So well done, Newcastle. And, uh, great, and great to see that both teams are really bought into this. And that's an going to be an annual fixture. The next one will be in Canberra. So there was no cricket in Newcastle first grade on the weekend at all. No one played a ball. Um, the games that were not abandoned early were Cardiff, Buller and Waratah, Belmont and City and Stockholm and Merriweather. And um, those games were, everybody waited around for a while on stage. The only game that got any cricket was Hamilton. We can make him five for 204 in week one and Toronto were one for eight. So the latter... Is fascinating. As we go into round three, here is the ladder. And officially, there are only now five teams left in it. Merriweather can now not, because they didn't win on first innings, Merriweather is now eliminated from the finals. 
Newcastle City 63, Stockton 62, Charlestown 60, Walls End 51, Carter 49. And unfortunately, the other teams, Mario of the West, Belmont Uni, Hamwicks, Waratah and Toronto, who are all reasonably close to one another, can't make the finals. So it's a really interesting situation. And the best quotient of the lot is, interestingly, Stockton's. Um, but, Sam, it's an interesting ladder. We'll go and have a look at the fixture in a minute. But the way I see it with that point structure, I can't see anything other than week one of the finals, the venues being Newcastle number one sports ground and Cahiba. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be that. Um, yeah, looking at it, it's a really good battle and interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about it, the battle between Wolves and Carter for that fourth spot. We will talk about that shortly, yes. It'll take a, it'll take a minor miracle for... You know, City, Stockton, or Charlestown not to finish in the top three. I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, yeah, Charlestown would have to. So the the only way that can happen is if Walsand win outright over Stockton at Lynn, and Charlestown get pogoed Cardiff by Cardiff. Sorry, not Charlestown got Hamwicks. I'm sorry. If Charlestown get beaten outright by Hamwicks at Cahybra, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think I think that's almost impossible. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, and yeah, the race for the minor premiership is also huge as well. I mean, the biggest thing at this time of year, and you can tell by the last couple of weekends, being in that top two is the most important thing in the in like the in this position. I mean, making the four is as well, but that wet weather that's around, you need to be in the top two. In the amount of times where you know you'll be in fourth, or it just it, it, you're up against it. Sam, um, the year that the, 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 we've spoken about this before on our podcast, the year that New, uh, Merriweather reversed outright at Belmont and got into fourth place, Stockton finished third in that season, and both of us didn't see a ball bowl the next week because we were fourth and third, and it absolutely hoed down that weekend. I know you were in that first grade squad, and I was sitting back here at my house in the, um, in the Central Coast waiting for a call to go up to, to Carl Oval, not knowing it was underwater. Yeah, and yeah, that's always a shame. If and when that happens, but um, yeah, let's let, let's hope that's not the case. But that just means that City, Stockton, and Charleston have so much to play for. Um, well, I they're think- in the finals. Those, those three will be in the finals. That's they can't be stopped. They cannot be knocked out of the finals unless. Well, yes, Cardiff can't knock Charleston out. So those three are automatically in the finals now, Sam. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm just talking about making the top two, and I think the yes. really interesting thing is that. City and Stockton, one and two, play four and five, Walls End and Cardiff. City hosting Cardiff at number one and Stockton hosting Walls End. And because of the gravity of those games for Walls End and Cardiff, they're as good as quarterfinals. Like, they're as good as – they're huge, both of those games. Like we've talked about game of the season. Like for These me, that they're, they're, Cardiff have got it all to play for. Stockton have well, – Walls End have got it all to play for. Yes. Um, it's really, really interesting. Um, Charlestown have Hamwicks. And, you know, you never know which type of Hamwicks is going to uh, show. I said the same thing to a couple of Charlestown people who were watching the game yesterday, that you don't know what you're going to get. It's a bit of a licorice all sorts uh, from Hamwicks. You don't know who, which team's going to turn up. At their best, Hanlon, Balcom, Hexy, they're pretty dangerous. Um, but you just, don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so the scenario is this, everybody. If Walls End win first innings, they will qualify for the finals unless Cardiff win outright. 
And the hardest place to get, the two hardest places to get outrights in Newcastle at the moment are Lynn Oval and Newcastle number one sports ground. Strange enough, that's where these games are being played. So Cardiff have to win and have Walls End lose to Stockton. And if that happens, Cardiff would slick into fourth place. However, if Cardiff lose, Walls End can so Walls End can actually afford to lose this round. Well, uh, yeah. They yeah. can. No, no, that they can, but I don't think they'll be thinking that way. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's not the way they play. Not, 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 not Wars End. Goodness me, no. Um, that they will absolutely be focused on one thing, and I, they are. I think I've been saying this for a while. They are a dangerous cricket side. Wars End. They've got, and the addition of Will Parkinson mate gives them a strike spinner as well. No disrespect to Jacob Montgomery, who's a very tidy, particularly short form uh, bowler. Uh, in, in that sort of format. But, yeah, they're a dangerous cricket side. I'm just looking at the forecast. Oh, good gracious me. <laughs> Thursday in Newcastle, 39 degrees, if you don't mind. 28 um, and cloudy on Saturday and shower or two on Saturday, 29 degrees, and a couple of showers on Sunday, 27. Hopefully they, that doesn't come to fruition. Nice warm day cricket practice for you at Townsend on Saturday, Thursday afternoon, Sammy. Um, yeah, we might have to uh, go for a visit to the baths afterward. I think. Think so. Uh, so that that so as Sam said, it's Newcastle City hosting Cardiff at number one, Stockton hosting Walls End at Lynn. So it's one v five, two v four, and that's the main focus. On a on a not insignificant side note, if Cardiff and Walls End win, and Charlestown win. Charlestown will be the minor premier. Yeah, that is true. By points, because Newcastle City would only get the, the, the one. So there's so much to play for. The way the mathematics are, everybody, uh, it's almost set that the the well that one of the Newcastle City will absolutely get the host. The way I see it. Um, and so I think the first week of the finals will be Cahyber and City. It's just a matter of who finishes where. I don't think that Newcastle City will play Charleston. Something remarkable. It is actually possible. It, it like Stockton. If City get if it, the whole thing's going to get knocked on its head if Cardiff happen to get a win, then it starts to put real pressure on and, and ladder positions. Cardiff can only finish fourth. Walls End can theoretically finish third, but Walls End will not get any finals at George Farley. That is confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's- Super interesting. I can't. I know we theorise it, but I, I think we can rule out outrights. I don't think there's going to be any outrights. Um, the the only thing that would be pos- remotely possible is that, especially if there's a wet, uh, a seeming deck or a deck with a bit in it, Kahiba. The other two, I don't think, will finish outright. Yeah, um, they're going to be long, difficult days with lot, quite a few runs scored and big run chases happening. You would think, unless something dramatic happens. Correct, and I just. We can drone in on and on about this, but the the last thing I want to say about the ladder is just drawing the attention to the fact that Cardiff somehow hung on against Charlestown. Was it last oh, round? Or round before? Round before. That if they didn't do that, Cardiff are on forty seven points, and Charlestown have pretty much got the minor premiership. You, you, and, 
That that, that 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 how that's how big that I was I scored I had the pleasure of scoring with Kathleen yesterday and we were that's how big well, I was talking about that afternoon she said and I spoke to Armsy about it and um of, of course that they batted for three hundred and forty seven at Pasterfield and you know what ifs what ifs what ifs but um getting that many at Pasterfield you've got to take them if you get them yes that one afternoon where we're all watching where Daniel Williams and Jay Snedden has really made this significant difference to the way the ladder stands right now. And it, it is a fascinating occurrence. It really is. Yeah, no. So, no, all to play for this weekend. Uh, yeah, it should be good. So the fixture for you officially, Newcastle City and Cardiff, Bollaroo, Waratah Mayfield and Uni, Western Belmont. Sorry, Waratah Mayfield and Uni, Waratah number one. Western Belmont at Harker, Charlestown, Hamwick's Cahiber, Toronto hosting Merriweather at Ron Hill Oval, and Stockton have got Walls End. That's at Lynn. They're the games this weekend. And again, the latter. Newcastle City, Stockton and Charlestown are, are in the finals. It's as simple as that. They're planning on that now. City's on 63, Stockton 62, Charlestown 60. Walls End are on 51, Cardiff are on 49, and they're the only five teams that can make it. And pretty much the way the way the way it actually is is that Walls End and Cardiff are now playing off to get into fourth place. Correct. Okay. Let's go to the Summer Bash, which has now reached a, a terrific venture. Sam, you've done a lot of work on this. So before I go and look at the quarters that have been played this Sunday at Harker and at Pasterfield, uh, I know you've compiled the ladder. Would you go through the ladder for us and tell us how it's all finished? Yeah. Um, just quickly put together uh, the ladder, just considering that um, it wasn't up on Play HQ. So... The minor premiers in the competition were Cardiff. They were the only team that did not lose a game. They had three wins from four plus a washout, which was the last round. Um, West finished second. Um, they were one of three teams to finish on nine points with three wins. So West in second, Hamilton in third, and Newcastle City in fourth. Um, and then Merriweather finished fifth with two wins, Uni sixth, Charlestown seventh, and Stockton eighth. Which looking, you know, you don't have many surprises in that top eight. There are a lot of good T20 teams there. The only one that I would suggest is a, is a bit of a shock is Wolzan not finishing in the top eight um, with one win, one washout, and two losses. Especially having hosting at George Farley, I know the boys wouldn't be too disappointed in me saying that. Yeah, they'd probably be expecting to make it, um, given the quality of the squad and the players they had available to them. Um, Yes, they would have had a new. One of the plays would have been a uh, Newcastle-based Sheffield Shield squad member. I would, I, I, the way it was, I, I read that. Although TG was also going to play for Belmont that night as well. Correct. Yeah. No. Yeah. Obviously, obviously washed out. The for those who weren't following it as closely, the main game for talking was, and quite unexpectedly, I, I would think, uh, Stockton losing to Maitland in the last round, the only game to actually get on. Um, Stockton, obviously one of the well, one of the benchmarks in Newcastle cricket, and is it was it Ben Herring who got eighty odd in a hurry and batted beautifully, whacked them. And Maitland are a touch unlucky actually. They've got a pretty competitive side, and they were really well led. Josh, that's the best I've watched Josh Chappell lead sides for a long time. But the, the they play good cricket, Maitland. They are a touch unlucky not to be in there, and they they can actually be a dangerous side. Hundred percent, and it, you. Just, just proved by the one game that did get on that, that that happened and that really shook the ladder up because before that game, Stockton's quotient was outstanding and one more win and they probably would have, by my calculations, gone up into second. 
Because I'm pretty sure that quotient was above two. Obviously, Cardiff. It, it was, and that actually paid dividends. And we were commentating that night. That was the one game that week, as you said, to get on. And Stockton were in all sorts. Record something like seven or eight for 70. And I made a point of saying, Stockton now, I said this to Chris McPherson in commentary, Stockton actually have to bat out time and get as many runs as they can. And that sounds like a strange thing, but what that did was reduce the quotient drop. If they'd have got skittled for 70 or 80, might have been a different kettle of fish. But the combination of having an excellent quotient going in and then batting out to, I think, 113 or 112, chasing 150-odd, meant that the quotient wasn't that dramatic, the quotient loss. And it, 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 anyway, that, that was the way that ended up, and Sam's compiled the ladder. And that means, everybody, that the finals are being hosted by the Pumas. Sorry, correction. Being hosted by the Rosellas at Harker and the Black Roses at Pasterfield. So the morning, so the home teams play last. So it's in the morning game at Pasterfield, the Pumas and the Sea Dragons. Sammy's got some duties here. The Sabres and the Lions at, at Harker. That game is at night. Both goes morning sets are at nine thirty. Games should be being live streamed as well. So tune in for that. And the afternoon sets, the host teams playing the Black Roses and the Seagulls. That's at Pasterfield. And the Rosellas and the Magpies, that's at Harker. Both of those afternoon sets are at 1 o'clock. That Rosellas-Magpies game should be a cracking game of cricket. There's so much talent on either side there. I think looking at these quarterfinals, a lot of the times you see a team, you see teams that are clearly a class above. I don't think you can separate. I think that is one of the stronger quarterfinals in the Summer Bash have had for a while. Yep. Um, with respect, I'd, I'd say... Oh, I, I, looking at, looking at it, you, Cardiff and Stockton. If you ask Cardiff, the last team that ate, they probably wanted to play, you'd have to pick Stockton with guys like Ganinan, Weston, Foster, McTaggart. Like you, you don't. And Stockton finished eighth. That's you, you go through the uh, competition undefeated, and you have to play Stockton. You'd, you'd be spewing with that. Um, and then there's some great rival rivalries in there as well. Hamilton playing uni. I mean, that's always been a really exciting fixture. We and you would, expect that, you would expect that Kane Anderson, Jack Hardigan and Addison Sheriff, who took seven for a Sydney first grade yesterday, that'd be a chance. Of, and Addison Sheriff's playing for the New South Wales 19s in a two three-day fixture at the Junction Oval in Melbourne this week. Um, you would expect that at least Ando and Hardo would come back in their Puma side. And Kane Anderson took five for in the final last year for Hamwicks. Kane Anderson's a terrific cricketer. It's simple as that. 100% and uni normally have a couple of marquees as well. Yep. I mean, you, you would imagine that Cal Ranger would be one of them. And when you have Andrew Harriet in your side as well, he just he's capable of anything. It's just sometimes when he turns up. T20 is one of those games, unlike two-day cricket, where someone can just go and win the game by themselves. And when you've got players like Andrew Harriet on your team or you know the Jeff Ganinans, like they can they're capable of that. Um, well, this sort of cricket's purpose built for Muhammad Amir Farouk. <laughs> you can Farouk some out of the ground. And for and you see some Farouking being done, absolutely. <laughs> that Sabres yeah, and Liars game will be interesting as well. See if uh, Gussie McTaggart comes back for the Sabres there. That'll be interesting. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to that challenge. Um, City, obviously, one of the benchmark sides. And um, I feel like we've been playing some pretty good, pretty good cricket as well. Um yeah, I'm 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 super excited. We're we're not normally known for our T20 cricketing, but um, yeah, I, I think we're capable. Um, it, it depends who comes back for City. You know, you, you just never know who they're going to get. 
Um, you know, you, you don't know, but you know they could wind up with you know Dill Hunter, for example. You you, you just don't know. Oh, Dylan Hunter's playing cricket in Canterbury and New Zealand at the moment. I don't think and he made 180 recently in a losing side. I don't think Dill's going to be back for that. Well, I'm I'm glad about that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Angus McTaggart, you know, is a it's it's class. You know, he's been playing a lot of cricket and at a very high level. Um, which is awesome to see. So if, if he comes back, um, and I'm not sure who else they've had as a marquee. I mean, you don't really need many more marquees when you've got um, Daniel Ibrahim, Ollie Carter. Nick Freddie Nick Freeman, Trump, Dubs Wood, Callum Fowler, Snares. Yeah. So we'll have our work cut out for us. Harrison um, Alone's playing good cricket at the moment. Yep. And West v Charlestown, which... West have a tight affiliation with St. George Cricket Club. Um, Blake McDonald's played a couple of games for them last season. They normally get the captain, Nick Stapleton, who's an excellent cricketer. Um, they had another fella who's just made back-to-back centuries in second grade, opening the batting for St. George. Back-to-back, I think he got 148, and then he, this round he's got 150, um, playing excellent cricket. I think he played some 21s games, and I believe, talking to Lyle and... Uh, talking to Lyle that potentially that that may come into fruition with him. Um, and then Charlestown, you know, they normally have Matt Wright from Gordon. He's yep. normally their, their marquee. And I'm not, I'm not sure who else they might grab, if if any, but, you know, Charlestown's full of fantastic cricketers. Dan Arms, Dan Bailey, Daniel Chillingworth, all the Daniels, Matt Bench. Isaac uh, Wallace. Isaac Wallace. Jed, Jed uh, Dixon, who hits the ball uh, as hard as any of them. Jed Dixon, Amadullah Fuzzley, um, excellent T20 bowler. So every team has, you know, the the the, the betting odds on who, who wins that from here is, yeah, you just don't know. It's it's a lottery. So, um, so no, again, they, the, again, those games are at nine thirty and one this Sunday. They should be being live streamed. I know um, they're they're making plans for Pasterville certainly, and I'm hopeful they'll do the same at, at uh, Harker. Make sure Sam will get the hair done because he'll be on television most probably as well. We see the big man wheeling away. With with his right arm seamers, so um, enjoy that everybody. Fab fabulous quarterfinal day and the finals of the following weekend, all at number one. With please note this, everyone, a twilight final, a five o'clock start for the final. Now, just quickly before we go, because Sam's involved in this, the ladder in second grade is absolutely fascinating. We have a runaway minor premier. I don't think anyone's going to stop Waratah being the minor premier. Newcastle City somehow got 15 minutes of cricket in on Saturday and won from first things. They had to get one wicket against Belmont. They did. So they're into 61. Charlestown, 58. Stocko, 55. Merriweather, 53. And Carter, 52. The really interesting thing in all of this is actually the team that's finished, that is his fifth at the moment, and that's Sam's team, Merriweather. Merriweather play the bottom place team, Toronto, who have not won a game all season. And Sam has got to be very careful what he says. He says, so I'll start off the batting here. Fascinatingly, <clears throat> Stockton can win in the final round of the season and get bundled out because I'm sure that Merriweather will be thinking that they have to get, because Merriweather can't just win first innings and get in. They can if they get 20 wickets and get an outright. Um, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating scenario because Merriweather can theoretically jump all the way if things go their way. Merriweather can jump into second and get a home final at Townsend. That'd be ideal, wouldn't it? 
it would be from your perspective. I know we don't we we talk about seconds a bit because Sam's playing there at the moment, but it really is a very interesting scenario in that the only team that's absolutely safe is Waratah. Newcastle City pretty safe, but if results go the wrong way and there's so of course Waratah they're they're in they're going to get a home they'll get the finals at Waratah City have got Cardiff who are sixth. And can all, Cardiff can actually make the finals as well, I might add, theoretically, especially if, uh, if other results go against their way. Cardiff almost have to win outright, I think, to get in, I think. Charlestown have got Hamwicks, who finished ninth. So Charlestown also will be looking for 20 wickets. Stockton's got Wall's End at George Farley Oval, which is always, and Wall's End a seventh, so that'll be a tough game. And as I said, the Weathers have got, Toronto and Sam, it's a really interesting. Now, are you at full strength in second grade? We're not actually. We've got quite a few absentees, unfortunately. It's a bit of a. I've a uh, Harry Colbert went for a run the other week and pulled his car, so I'm actually the captain. It's been <laughs> interesting to say the least. Uh, my brother's gone to Canada for two weeks. Uh, Joe Smith's got a wedding on the weekend, so he's he's absent. So there's our two of our best bowlers and batsmen. Um. And I believe Courtney Moulton in first grade is unavailable. He's going on a fishing trip, I, th- I think. So um, gaps to be... And Dave Sellett was not playing last week because he was very sore and injured. So now that we're out of the finals and ones, I I mean, I hope he plays for our sake. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. So we could potentially have four changes. Um, that being said, you are right. We, you know, we'd be... Uh, we, we will be looking to try and take... 20- 20 wickets. Um, no disrespect to Toronto. No, that's that's, the, that, that's this is fact. We, we, you, one of the things on this podcast is that sometimes you speak a, a reasonably blunt truth and you're not fearful of saying it. And that, that's the reality of the situation is that you can't afford to win on the first innings at all because you won't pop City up and then you won't chop, you won't get Stockton or Charleston if they win. Yeah. Um I and I'm it's just so exciting. I know all the boys are up for it. Um, last season, I'm not sure if you would remember, but we were coming fifth going into the last round as well, playing Belmont. And they batted the first week and scored 180. And we ended up outriding them the second week, which was one of the better wins I've ever been. I mean, I've been a part of a, some pretty cool final day finishes, but that was that was right up there. Um, I'm, yeah, I just know we're very excited and, um, yeah, I just love finals cricket and I'll do whatever I can to be involved. So um, so, so just to let everybody know, if Merriweather win outright, they'll finish on 63 points. 63. And what would happen is if Waratah, City and Charlestown all win, and I think that Charlestown would be favourites against Hamwicks, although Hamwicks have won five games this year, it makes it, it puts a lot of focus on that Stockton and Walls end game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I want to draw attention to the fact that Cardiff are actually an extremely good second grade side. They've got. And we, we haven't spoken much about them, but they are also a chance. Oh, 100%. I mean, we, I didn't play in the game. I was just, I'd just come back from overseas and missed week one, but we lost to them in the very first two days there was. Um, you know, they've got players like Luke Walstead. Um, I'm not sure he bowls. Cricketer. Yeah, good cricketer. Um, Matt Willett, who's. Amazing. He's a, he's a first grader. Let's be real. I think his economy is less than two in the season. Like he just bowls all day. Correct. Um, in, in the spot, and then they've got you know a lot of different you know batsmen who 
have scored a lot of runs. Um, and, you know, they're a really tricky opponent. And we played City uh, a couple of rounds ago and we, we, we ended up beating them. But they are also got extremely good players as well. But that'll be... I know City have had a couple of absentees the last few rounds, so it's going to be really fascinating because I I believe I believe that Cardiff are favourites to win that game personally. Um, and that's at Pasterfield, and it's at Pasterfield, um, which and Cardiff they they're turning up, they're thinking like if I was in Cardiff's situation, you have to be thinking outright. outright. I don't, I, the way that the way that I believe you should play cricket on the final day is you do everything you can to keep the results in your hands, keep your fate in your own hands. That's what you want to do. And if, and if an outright to that, doesn't matter who you're playing, that's how you set up to play. Because if you lose or if, if you win and results don't go your way, you're stuffed. So you may as well do everything in your power to get get that win, get get what you need. So um, yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. Obviously nervous as well, but yeah, that it's been it's been a really cool finish to the season and I'll note and just something that I've just noticed now looking at the ladder in first grade Wolves and are currently fourth and a risk of not making it and they've lost two games all season City are currently coming second and have lost four in second grade and I mean it's the exact same point system but the difference is I don't think Wolves and have won outright all year whereas Newcastle City have won twice and they've got a result each week. And if you look at that ladder, the one team that has suffered, the two teams that have suffered from a couple of no results are Waratah and Stockton. Interestingly, Stockton had three washouts this week, this year. I, mean, I know one of them was against Merriweather. I'm not sure who else they've had washouts against. Uh, but... One of them was at Passmore in early in the season. It was a, a washout against Passmore against and, Hamwick. So, and, and I, I'm not Cassie's person. I'm just saying that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. You can't always get things your own way. Hundred um, percent. And I, <coughs> I played played Stockton last round. They're a quality side. You know they've got some and oh, amazing players. Absolutely, it's a good Stockton side. It and, really is. Uh, that the second grade, I still think Waratahs the clear favourites. They've got a terrific second grade side, but I, there's a there's a lot of talented players in teams two, three, four, five, and six. And again, City have got Cardiff at Pasterfield. Merriweather's got Toronto at Townsend. Charlestown's got Hamwicks at Passmore. And Stocko's away to Wall's End at George Farley Oval. So that second grader will be looking forward very much to speaking to Sam next week because we'll be halfway through and have a real good idea where we stand with with things in all grades. Sam, best wishes on Sunday and and this weekend. I hope it all goes well for you, my friend. I appreciate that, Rose. I hope hope you boys do all right as well and you have a good day. Hopefully the oh. weather stays stays dry. Um, I hope the weather stays dry and warm. Um, I'm looking forward to being on the microphone again. I love being on the microphone. That's good fun. And I'm uh, looking forward to calling some really good cricket uh, on Sunday. Sam, thank you so much for your time. We'll catch up with you next week and we'll have a, it'll be fascinating to pick your brain next week after what should be a f- riveting weekend of cricket. Sounds good, Redders. Have a good evening. On behalf of Sam Holding, this is David Redden. Good evening, everybody. Enjoy your cricket. We'll see you soon. It's bye for now.